Welcome, Wendy Narby, the founder of Insider Tasting. Good morning, Wendy. Good evening, Wendy. How are you? Good morning, Gillian. I'm fine, thank you. Nice to be here. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for taking your time out. You would have heard I just mentioned it's 2 a.m. in Mauritius. Is that right? It is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, greatly appreciated. You look like it's like nine o'clock in the morning, like. But I guess that's got a lot to do with your healthy lifestyle and all the yoga you do, right? Yeah, it might be the good lighting as well. But we'll... <laughs> you're a smart woman, Wendy. Don't do anything with bad lighting. <laughs> so uh, Wendy and I were introduced by a, I'd say, a mutual friend um, uh, in France, uh, only well, very recently, and we had a really good chat on the phone about a week or so ago. And we had there was so, there was so much to talk about and. Immediately, I just wanted to get Wendy on the show to, to share her passion and share her experiences and, of course, touch on the very, very important topics, and that is, you know, the how to maintain a healthy lifestyle while still enjoying wine. Uh, it's very topical, it's very important, and, um, and she's the guru on it. So we will get there, but I thought maybe we could just start off, Wendy, with you explaining how you ventured into this wonderful world of wine, where your love for it came from. Can you give us a bit of a background? Yes, with pleasure. Well, I'm British originally, as you can probably tell from the <laughs> accent. I'm not, uh, I'm not French. And uh, I moved to Paris uh, a very long time ago, almost 40 years ago, to do um, a master's degree in food and wine marketing. Paris seemed like a, a good place to do that. Uh -huh. And I lived, yeah, I lived in Paris for eight years, which was an absolute joy. But I actually wrote my thesis on wine marketing, talking about the premier market in Bordeaux, which still remains a bit of a mystery to, uh, to a lot of people, uh -huh. the way they sell wine in futures. And uh, while I was doing that, I went backwards and forwards between Paris and, um, and Bordeaux. And eventually, I met a winemaker, a winemaker from Sautern, fell in love and, and moved to Bordeaux. So that's what got me down, down, actually down to Bordeaux. That's not everybody's story. That is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but Bordeaux 30-odd years ago was a very different place the, the very vibrant and exciting city it is now. It was quite closed. It was quite old-fashioned. Mm. And so I've seen a huge transformation in Bordeaux in the last 30 years in the city itself, but also in the wine business, how it's opened up, how it's become very dynamic, very exciting, how it's opened up to wine tourism. And um, I've been part of that through writing. So I started off by writing. I still write um, a little bit about wine. And then through wine education and teaching, we have a Bordeaux Wine School in Bordeaux, which is part of the Bordeaux Wine Council. And, uh, and then welcoming people to Bordeaux as, um, as a guide, showing them around. So really sort of spent the last 30 years sharing my passion, my passion for the region and its wines. Well, so Bordeaux is definitely one of my absolute favourite uh, places in France. Um, and haven't done as much of France as you have or, you know, for so long, but um, I've definitely visited a few times. And I was over there with my husband in September last year, so not that long ago. Uh, he'd never been before, and he actually walked away saying he actually... Uh, even though he adores Paris, he said Bordeaux is probably his favourite city in France now. And um, I look, I, I absolutely adore Paris. They're both so different. Let's be honest. They are both so different. You can't compare them. Um, but there's something very, apart from grand, there's something very special about Bordeaux. And I mean, just the wineries in the region around, it's just, it's absolutely glorious. I think you've been very fortunate to spend that time and immerse yourself so much in it. I can assume that you weren't speaking any French when you moved over to Paris or? 
or no, did you no, have a little? Very, I, yeah, it was very ropey. But you know, when you were in your twenties, you pick up things real quick. So yes, it really true. <laughs> it was a lot easier than if you go over in your forty. So let's talk about the insider tasting, your blog, um, the educational side of it. How did that start? And um, and just uh, just gives a bit of an idea into it. It's uh, insidertasting.com for any listeners who want to jump on. Thank you. Um, it's when well, I think it's came from the, doing the wine education, the writing and the wine education, and then really having this passion to want to show my vision for Bordeaux because I think especially for people who aren't in the region. Bordeaux has a reputation of being slightly inapproachable, slightly inaccessible, um, expensive, the classified mm. growth, it's complicated, you've got all these layers, it's a large area, um, you know, there's something like over almost 6,000 different wineries with it just within this Bordeaux region, which is, is important. So it, the idea was to demystify and share and really get behind um the wines behind the product of the person, the people, mm. um, because it's not all grand chateaus and closed doors and people in suits and ties. It is no. actually about you know, there are smaller boutique winemakers. There are people struggling. I mean, I'm sure your listeners that are following the world of wine will know France. It's a bit complicated in France for yes. farmers at the moment. That includes mm. uh, winemakers. Mm. So really getting behind meeting the people rather than just an anonymous bottle really meeting the people behind the the product that was that was my aim and and the more i do it the more exciting it is um i obviously love sotan my my um husband was a sotan winemaker so i'm passionate about sotan and sweet white wines and so trying to knock on the head the idea that you can only have sotan with uh, with dessert yeah. um that's one of my passions and also trying to be a champion for women winemakers there's a lot of women winemakers in bordeaux mm -hmm. again not something you necessarily think of when you when you think of the bordeaux region so the idea was by creating the website to i have a blog so i share a couple of times a month some of my favorite stories depending on what's going on and then i write in other things too um and then and then the health side which probably comes from spending a lot of time with these fabulous women <laughs> yes yes yep they've all got their stories and i'm sure they all have a lot of questions as well mm. well i i the the whole health thing i mean i'm a yogi i'm a yoga teacher um i've been a, i've been a yoga teacher for several years but i've been doing yoga for, for about 20 years so it was trying to bring these two passions together um, and it really started where, so I do, I do quite a lot of wine tours, accompany quite a lot of wine tours, and somebody on a wine tour say, well, you know, we, you eat and drink quite a lot when you come on a Bordeaux wine tour. I mean, sure. you have a really good... Well, that's what people are there for, right? They're, they're not there for the exercise, right? But um, what is interesting is I do try and get people out in the vineyards and we do morning walks through the vines. And But one of the comments was, you know, how do you stay healthy when you live and work in this environment mm. and it can be a challenge yeah. and so I started sort of talking about some of the things I do and, and what have you and one of the ladies on the tour said well you know you should write this down for people before they come on your tour so you know they 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 enjoy it and stay well and and, and so I did and then one thing led to another and then it led to the book so the idea of putting down some ideas of how you can uh, Enjoy the wine and um, not wreck your health at the same time. Well, can you give us some tidbits? I mean, I could because I've read it, but I'm not going to do it justice like you. Give us, give us some top tips. If, you know, just say, I would say to you, I'm a woman in wine. Uh, what are three tips that you would give me 
um, for what I could do to maybe improve my health or my appreciation, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think um, I think the, the most boring one is probably going to be drink more slowly so mm. you drink less but better. Yes. And that really kind of comes into this notion of wine education and understanding wine because I really think without getting into, you know, anything formal, when you start paying attention to what's in the glass, when mm. you start smelling it, when you start looking it, at it, when you start savoring it, you're going to be drinking more slowly. You're paying attention. So it's this notion of mindful drinking, which sounds a bit woo-woo, but it's really just taking the time mm. to appreciate. Think, and also this mindfulness, thinking about why am I reaching for this glass, really taking the time to enjoy it. And I think when you've got a little bit of information, and again, it's coming back to those stories, the pe person behind the wine, all these things make the wine more interesting. And it actually does slow down the way you drink. So I think sure. that would be the first thing um the second thing which is really really important um especially for women so i call it the drinking woman's diet obviously because i'm a drinking woman so it's mm -hmm. a good place to start mm -hmm. but a little bit tongue in cheek but also because women as women we do have a certain physiological difference we do tend to um uh, assimilate wine much more slowly than guys it's sad but it's true, true. so it's something mm -hmm. we have to you have to pay attention to so my second piece of advice would be to drink with food and this is a very french approach to wine and like i mean you spend a lot of time in france so you'll know this they don't tend to just drink wine they will have wine with food mm. and the whole wine and food matching and the wine and food tradition is fascinating it really does make the wine taste better it definitely tastes makes the food taste tastes, better yes. <laughs> But when you drink on a full stomach, you slow down the rate at which you assimilate alcohol. Mm. I mean, in that alcohol goes into your bloodstream a lot more slowly. Your stomach empties more slowly when it's got food in it mm. than when you're just drinking on its own. So for me, the food and wine thing, not only it is, is it a very French tradition and it is the way the French people drink, it really health-wise makes a huge difference to how quickly that alcohol is going to hit your blood your bloodstream. Sure, and so, that, that, make, that makes total sense. Total sense. Like if I am quite full, I actually drink less anyway because you're actually full. Yeah. You're not just reaching for, and of course, you know, the glass of water in between is good because that water fills you. Apart from the fact that water is good, but it actually fills that crevice in your stomach that you're not feeling is a void that you know you're going to then fill with alcohol. So it makes total sense. Yeah, and I think that would be another key thing I'd say is hydrate. Mm. Keep hydrating. That is so important to, uh, as you say, it fills you up. But it also, this glass of wine, glass of water, you know, alternating is, yes. uh, is also really important. And then I suppose the third thing would be um, you, diet. Because, you know, I like to think you talk about wine as part of a healthy lifestyle. So what does a healthy lifestyle mean? And mm. that's the whole, you know, whole thing all by itself. But I think one of the really interesting things, and the research is showing this now, is um, eat, eat your greens, eat your vegetables. Um, it's, uh, yeah, Go broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> but it's um, because you've got these famous polyphenols. So we have wonderful polyphenols in wine. I mean, I don't advocate wine as medicine. It is not. I think that's a whole different conversation. I don't drink wine because it's good for me. I drink wine because it's really delicious. Um, but mm -hmm. having a lot of uh, veg in your diet is really, really good. And it helps your liver. And um, eventually, you know, the book's been a lot of fun. 
but a lot of people told me it's great and I love it, but I have trouble sticking to it. So I did this online course called the, the seven weeks to live a healthy lifestyle. <laughs> and that was, and one of the things that really came through when you look at the research is how important your diet is to protect your liver as well. So reducing sugar, but also eat, eat your greens. So uh, if I only have three things to say, those would probably be them. Well, they're three great takeaways. And what I like is they're simple to understand and you can actually implement it immediately. So I, of course, signed up for the seven weeks to a liver-friendly life course. And um, you know, of course, you know, I do it for, from a research perspective. But what I was quite interested in, and I was very happy about this, I was actually doing probably at least three quarters of the steps naturally in the morning. Now, some of them are drink a glass of water, room temperature when you first wake up. Um, so it's obviously simple things. Uh, I love to have my apple cider, bit of turmeric, uh, lemon as a start to the day. I was only doing it kind of a few times a week, but I'm now back to doing it every day. So this is my third day in a row and I'm having it right now. Um, so I actually enjoy that taste. And sometimes I put the tiniest bit of honey in just if I feel like some sweetness. I know that's not the detox, but it's, but you're still getting your other stuff. Uh, having, having the cold shower, the cold swim, the cold shower, you know, that's why the Swedes would, you know, have saunas, then jump into icy cold water. It's very, very good. It kind of shocks your body. So there are a lot of things that, um, uh, that, yeah, that I actually am doing that, that then is far more encouraging to pick up the other bits and pieces. So yeah, I really, I really encourage people to check this out. Uh, so what's probably the best uh, website for them to find the uh, liver friendly course? Yeah, just insidertasting.com and then go into the wine and wellness and the uh, online courses. Online courses. Great. Yeah. yeah, so insidertasting.com, down the bottom, online courses, sign up for it. I, I think it's great. And if anything, make me just feel better. But I think you mentioned the word, you said the word before mindfulness. And even though you then had a joke about it, the thing is that is exactly the word. And, you know, it is being used for a lot of different things now. It's about being in the present, being mindful of what you're doing, not just doing something because you're an autopilot or because it's just what you've always done. It's actually going do I need that second coffee? Do I need to have that second teaspoon of sugar? Whatever it is, just be aware of what you're doing. That's probably the first step to actually realizing I probably don't need it. It was just that yeah. autopilot. And we all do autopilot stuff, you know. Yes, and it's, we do. It's, and, yeah. And I don't know what it's like in Australia, but in Europe at the moment, there's a big movement towards no and low. Um, um, yes. Yeah, I did yeah. have the same thing. And Huge, yes. I, yeah, and I think as wine producers, it's something we really have to be aware of. It, people in the wine industry, we really have to be aware of. And I think we do have to be sensitive about the way we communicate around wine. It is an issue. It's going to be more and more of an issue. So if we can promote a sensible, mindful, healthy way of drinking, I mean, you know, rather than go from one extreme to the other, I think mm. that's really important for us in the wine business to be able to promote uh, a very responsible approach to to drinking. And I think it's going to be more and more of an issue. Um, and I think encouraging people to understand why they reach for a glass, what is in the glass, enjoy mm. it, and share with friends. I think sharing a glass of wine with a meal um, with friends. Also, there's this social aspect to it. Totally. Which is 
know for our mental health is really, really important to have a, a social environment, to have that community environment. So for sure. And it's an age old, it's an age old community, as you say, social thing. You know, it's been going on yeah. in the ages for a very good reason. Um, but of course, also looking at the culture of the more, the more European culture of eating and drinking at the same time and allowing the food and wine to complement, not about having pre-drinks, aperitifs, you know, loading up on, you know, a few drinks and then going for dinner, which is a very Australian thing. And, and I do it myself and sometimes I love it. Yeah. It's, um, but it's, it's not, a that's not a good way to do it. Yeah, you can easily have half a bottle of wine before you actually have the wine with dinner, and it's uh, it is something to be mindful of. Okay, but let's let's move on to some to some fun things. I mean, so, so the fact that you split your time between Bordeaux and um, and Mauritius, which is just gorgeous. So I'm assuming it's got like six months on, six months off. Is that the deal? More or less, yeah, more or less. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so. Your, so tell us about some of your favourite wines. I mean, I mean, Sauternes, such an iconic wine, and to have married a big producer of one. And so, did you actually own your own vineyard at some point? Yeah, my husband's family did. Um, they bought a vineyard back in uh, the beginning of the 1980s and the 1970s, beginning of the 1980s. They bought a vineyard in in Soto called Chateau Giro. Um, we actually sold the property when my father-in-law died in uh, in 2006, but we're still very, very close to the region. We have a small, or my, our family has a small wine merchant company that buys and sells wines. Uh, ah. of, of so we're still very, very much that our eldest son runs now. Oh. And our youngest son is a, is a wine merchant actually in Mauritius. So we're still very, very much involved <laughs> in uh, it's hard to get away from Bordeaux, you know, it grabs you. It's, it's, uh, it's a very exciting and lovely place to work. So, yeah, so we're still very much involved with the wine business. But Sauternes has very much remained in my heart. It's a small part of Bordeaux. I think it's an overlooked and misunderstood part of Bordeaux. Mm. Again, always, you know, relegating it to a pudding wine or a sticky. And I yes. know you have fabulous sweet wines in, so in, um, in Australia too. So... Um, but I think what is really, really exciting in Sotan is we've seen a movement now, we see a movement now in Sotan and Barsac away from the very heavy um, Sotans to lighter, brighter wines with great acidity. They're very, very food-friendly. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, so we had um, two wines, so it's Chinese New Year here, and we had a, a, a little celebration this evening. And these sweet white wines go really well with spicy food for example. Absolutely. So, mm -hmm. you know, so it's interesting. But actually, in your honour, this evening, we did actually start with uh, a Riesling from Margaret. <gasps> oh! So, uh, I thought, right, I get myself in the atmosphere because I'm going to be talking to Australia. So we had uh, a lovely Riesling. at this Madfish? Madfish? Yes, yes, Madfish. So, lovely. <gasps> lovely. And, really, really nice. So there you go. And then we went on and we had a sweet white wine from Bordeaux. So I... I I felt like I was playing on both teams this evening in, in your honour, so that was great fun. <laughs> well, thank you very much. So, as you, so you were having some form of Chinese sort of food, uh, something with a bit yeah. of spice, and that works. So actually, I was enjoying some lovely Rieslings yesterday. I did a tasting yesterday, so there were four. Um, actually, we had, a, uh, we had a Cold River from Tasmania. Um, Tasmania produces beautiful Rieslings, that cool climate Riesling. Uh, we had a Napstein 2019 single vineyard from Clare Valley. Uh, we had a 22, the, the 22 vintage in Australia is hailed as one of the very best in well over a decade for Riesling. So, yeah, and that was an Eden Valley, which is um, the fruits becoming slightly more scarce. So a 22 Eden Valley Riesling goes a long way. It's beautiful. 
and um, and then we had a semi, uh, like a, we had a, a demi, a demi sweet, which again, like you, that slightly sweeter style that goes so well with spicy food. So I'm uh, yeah, big, that's... big, big fan. Now I understand that you, uh, when we previously spoken, it was actually a claret that you tasted in Wales that kind of set you <laughs> off on your love of wine. So can you tell us about that? Yes, it did. When I was at university, so I did my undergraduate studies in Wales. I I, um, I did um, uh, an agriculture degree before I went into agricultural marketing, and yeah. So and um, it was a far. So I went to stay with a girlfriend from university, and her father opened a bottle of claret. And up until then, I drank mainly white wines, which is very, you know, back in the 70s in the UK, that was kind of what you did. Yes. And this, um, and I had this sort of revelation about, wow, this is, this is what wine really tastes like. This is what wine is all about. <laughs> now the penny drops. So, yeah, there you go. So that was my, uh, yeah, that was my, uh, my introduction to the, to the red wines of Bordeaux. And so, yeah, started me on a, uh, on this uh, trip all the way down to studying wine in France and then. Here I am, forty years later, still uh, still banging on about it. So I'm still loving it. Well, I, I love your story and I love what you're doing because it is very important. You've got the fun and the passion side of it. You've, you've also got the well, the longevity. Let's call it longevity. You know, you can do yeah, it for a lot longer if you do it in a sensible fashion. So, um, and just before we do do wrap, it's amazing how quickly these interviews go. Let's talk about your wine and two veg uh, adventure. Let's call it. Yeah, let's okay. call it. So tell well, us about that. Yeah, so it's a, a recent project. So we restarted it at the end of last year um, or autumn last year. So um, talking about women in wine in Bordeaux, a girlfriend of mine, Sally Evans, has a wonderful property in Fronzac, which is just outside um, uh, Saint-Emilion, gorgeous. Yes. And she became, during COVID, she actually became a vegetarian. And she makes a red wine and quite a powerful red wine. And then she just got fed up with it. Everybody saying red wine and steak. Mm-hmm. Right. So she said, I'm a vegetarian. I love red wine. I'm not going to give up red wine because I'm now not eating steak. And so she started going down this road of exploring what works. And knowing my background in wine and wellness, we started talking and what have you. And so we put together this website called Wine and Two Veg, so two the number, um, to experiment with food, vegetable-based food and wine pairing. So it's plant-based. It's not 100% vegetarian. There are a lot of vegetarian. There are a few vegan recipes, but it's very accessible. But the idea was really to play around with the wines of Bordeaux and plant-based food. So we've done an autumn, um, autumn recipes, winter recipes. We'll be releasing some spring recipes, obviously, in the Northern Hemisphere um, shortly to encourage people to experiment but also so that people who are living a plant-based life don't feel excluded from the wine world mm. because of this red wine and steak myth. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, red wine and steak goes beautifully together. It is a match made in heaven, but there's more to it as well. <laughs> so it was really about making making it accessible, also fun. You know, the whole making this waking wine fun and being more adventurous and showing the huge diversity of the wines of Bordeaux and how well they match with food. Yes, I agree. I mean, if you just take like a classic, um, you know, a, a beautifully made mushroom risotto with a Pinot Noir, yeah. that's, that's perfect. That's perfect. And of yeah. course, mushroom is probably more the, the, the meatier kind of texture of, of a veggie. But um, I do get a lot of questions 
uh, from people about what I would pair with vegetarian food. And that's why I really wanted to touch on this because it's very interesting. I'm a cattle yeah. farmer's daughter. I'm, I'm a carnivore, but I also do enjoy my vegetarian food. And, and I sometimes I get a little bit stumped. You know, anything with meat, I'm like, yes, this, 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 this. And sometimes it's, it's, sometimes it's not as o- obvious as a mushroom risotto. Yeah. And, and I think that's really helpful. And your point's a very good one. It, so people don't feel so discluded um, yes. from the wine world just because they don't eat meat. And I think that's uh, it's, it's, it's only going to become a bigger and bigger thing as well, isn't it, as people become more and more so, health conscious. This mm. health message and the fact that, you know, if you want your wine to be part of a healthy lifestyle, eating more plants is going to help. Totally. No doubt about it. Yep. So it's and and so it worked really well. These two messages, these two ideas came together really nicely. So we've had a lot of fun with it. And also, you know, being a, um, a single woman winemaker and me working on my own, it's been really fun to work sort of in a community, work with somebody on a project rather yep. than sort of, you know, do, doing things all by yourself. So a lot of things comes back to that thing about being sociable around a glass of wine. So Yeah, that's right. That's right. So look, let's um, just so everyone can uh, find those websites. So that is Wine and Two Veg. So it's Wine yeah. Ampersand number two V-E-G, Wine and Two Veg. Yeah. That's a really good one to check out. Check out the um, insidertasting.com and you can find there, from there you can get access to the Drinking Woman's Diet book and the Seven Weeks to a Liver Friendly Life course. All worth checking out, guys, guys as well as girls. Um, uh, Wendy, thank you again, especially because it's 2 a.m. now, 2.30 in the morning for you. Um, you're looking fantastic. The yoga and all the greens is really working for you. Um, I powered, powered through the evening with my Riesling from, uh, from Margaret River, so that's what it was. Yes, there we go. Well, Wendy, thank you so much. I hope to meet you in Bordeaux later on this year, as we've spoken about. Yes, very much. So uh, we'll let you go have a sleep and we'll be in touch. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me.